What's up, Des Moines? This is the Fit Des Moines Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Dr. Brian Ladd. On this podcast, we're going to talk about all things related to health and wellness in Des Moines. We'll interview clinicians and coaches from around the metro to get to know them and learn how we can continue to lead long, active, and healthy lifestyles. Let's get started. The Fit Moines Podcast is sponsored by Kaizen Health and Wellness. At Kaizen, we help active people in the Des Moines area get out of pain, become injury-free, and back to the sports and activities they love. We do this by working on four different areas. That is, movement, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. When we optimize these four areas, you not only feel better, but you move better, and you can continue to live your best life. Head to kaizenhealthandwellness.com to learn how we can help you get back to doing the things you love. What's up, Des Moines? Doc Glad here with the Fit Moines Podcast. Today I have Mackenzie Woolwich, dietitian and nutrition coach. Welcome, Mackenzie. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. So, Mackenzie, uh, the goal of this podcast is to highlight people and businesses in the health and wellness community throughout the Des Moines metro uh, so that we can all learn, grow, and continue to live a long, healthy, and active lifestyle. So that's exactly why we brought you on here. Um, so if we can get started, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Mackenzie. Uh, a lot of people call me Mac, um, so that's probably how you may know me. Um, I am a registered dietitian and I own my business, my nutrition coaching business, um, MW Coaching. And I primarily work with women um, who are seeking to find food freedom, um, ending that, that diet and restriction lifestyle, um, and really just build a healthier relationship with food. Um, many women are past, um, have had past eating disordered or disordered eating habits. So I really work, um, with them kind of breaking that, that cycle and just transforming their life and freeing them from, from food and the diet mentality. Um, and a little background on me. Um, so I started my, um, education journey at Drake here in in Des Moines with the goal of going to pre-med. And then I sort of had along that line, I had my own, um, lifestyle change through food. Um, I've had a history, my own history of disordered eating habits, Um, and then I, once I kind of found out like, oh, there's a career out there that I could make to help others that have been in my position and, um, I could share my passion for, um, you know, helping others heal their relationship with food. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm all for this. So then I found out about a dietitian. Um, a lot of people ask me like, where did you learn about like what a dietitian was? And I really can't remember. <laughs> I just, just sort of happened. Um, so then I continued my education at Iowa State, got my degree in nutrition and dietetics. Um, I did my dietetic internship, which is basically like a residency program for dietitians um, at Broadlawns in Des Moines. Um, and then I passed my exam and I'm now a credentialed and licensed mm-hmm. dietitian. That's awesome. So is there any difference between a dietitian in the hospital setting versus what you're doing or? Yes. Yeah. Huge difference. So, um, and that's actually a good question. So a lot of dietitians in the clinical 
setting um, in a hospital, like let's say inpatient, for example, um, it's really not a close like dietitian patient interaction. Um, you know, you get consulted to the patient, you know, for whatever reason it may be um, specific diet or because of their weight, whatever it is. Um, and you go in for like five minutes, talk to the patient, maybe give them a handout and then you're out. There's really no education or counseling, um, because you're seeing upwards of like at least 20 patients a day. So you just don't really have time to kind of dive deeper into who that person is. And you don't know like when they're going to be discharged and then you'll, the likelihood of you seeing them again is slim to none. Um, when I did my clinicals, we always gave the patients an option to come in as outpatient. Um, cause that was just a complimentary service from the hospital. Okay. Um, but I mean, that is a pretty unique population (laughs) where Broadlands is in Des Moines. Um, kind of the east side of Des Moines, so not not the yeah. best area. Um, and it is a county hospital, so you're getting a lot of like low income people going there for care. Sure. Um, so definitely, you just skim the surface with people in the hospital. Whereas in coaching, um, you're really able to form a relationship with your clients and mm-hmm. really get to know them on a, a deeper level. Sure. And kind of peel, I always like say, like it's peeling the layers of the onion back, like on kind of digging in and find like, okay, where do your motives for wanting to lose weight or heal your relationship with food come from? Because there's always like a deeper, a deeper meaning to that. Sure. Yeah. It's funny you use that uh, analogy. I use the same thing uh, with my business. We have a like three step process we follow through, but Mm -hmm. Step one is find the source and relieve your pain. And I right. tell people it's just like peeling away layers of an onion. Like day one, I can only get so much done in an hour. And we're going to find, you know, we're going to try and find as much as we can. We're going to try and get you feeling better on that day. But it takes time. And yeah. as we go, we might find other things. And that's okay. Right. That's good. That's, you know, just like you mentioned, it's a, it seems to be a pretty common theme in, uh, in Western medicine where, yeah. Physician, whether it be physicians, nurses, physical therapists like myself, we don't have time. To, you know, it's just constantly right. seeing yeah. patients. It's a revolving door, really. And it's, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that it's that way. That's, that's yeah. part of the reason I started my own business to get away from that model and break away from it and where I can actually spend time with people, develop those relationships. And yeah, you know, yeah. It's, yeah, it's 100% like a revolving door. And that's exactly like you. That's exactly why I wanted to go out on my own, start my own business, because I didn't like in the clinical setting, I didn't feel like I was serving anyone. Right. And I wasn't like, like for me, fulfillment as a dietitian is making an impact on somebody's life and changing their life. It's not like going in doing five minute education and then saying, right. See there. right. You right. see someone for five minutes and you never see them again. Like what impact is that? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't find fulfillment from that, but you know, on the other hand, some people are like, and then that's what they love to do. And I do right. love the clinical side of nutrition, but yeah. it's just... absolutely. I mean, there's, it's, it's very important. It's needed. Right. Uh, yeah. And not to say that those people that enjoy that are bad or they're not, you know, right. Absolutely. People, stuck in a what I would consider a broken system (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I agree (laughs) yeah so 
do you where I guess where do you work out of so um I that's also a good question I do all of my coaching virtually so I just work in my home (laughs) um and I see my clients either like this via zoom or we just have um check-ins on, on via phone, phone calls. Um, and you know, for me, I've found that that works really well for people. Um, especially now given the times of COVID, (laughs) um, it's it's kind of reassuring for people to know like, okay, I don't have to leave my home to go anywhere. Um, and then I do have a few clients kind of like case by case basis where I will meet in person. Um, I see some patients over at a gym in Ankeny called Engineered Performance. Um, so, but that's not not the majority of where my my clients come from. Uh, most of them are via Zoom or or phone call. Sure. Now you you kind of touched on this a little bit. Are you working mostly? Are you focusing more on like weight loss or like what's the main focus? I guess. So main focus is finding food freedom and really just healing your relationship with food. Um, so basically for food freedom, what I mean by that is helping people free themselves from that diet mentality and the diet culture basically where, you know, people think they're always like, we're constantly in the mindset of like, I'm going to start my nutrition journey and I'm going to lose weight. And it goes a lot deeper than that. Certainly a lot of people come to me um, wanting to lose weight, but you know, like, like I said, I'll go back to the onion. Like, okay, there's, there's a deeper meaning behind that reason to lose weight. Like if somebody comes to me and says, Hey, I'm I'm looking to lose 10 pounds. I'm like, okay, well, why are you looking to lose 10 pounds? Yeah. Um, Yeah, It's it's finding that why, I mean, the same thing in the therapy realm. I mean, it's, you know, People come to me because they're in pain, but they don't really come to me because they're in pain. They want something deeper than that. And it's finding that yeah. why. It's digging through that, just yeah. like you said. Exactly. And um, really getting away from fad diets and people thinking they need to try the next next best fad diet coming on, on the market. Um, I'm really teaching people how to eat because I feel like we've just as human beings gotten so disconnected from that. Like one of my first yeah. questions I'll ask clients, I'm like, okay, so do you know what your body feels like when you're hungry and when you're full? And half the time they're like, well, I've never really thought of that. So it's like yeah. hunger cues and satiety cues are just like so broken. Yeah. And that, you know, I know that like, that's where I came from as you know, before I was a dietitian, I had no hunger or satiety cues. So it's just really relearning and connecting with your body again. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I mean, weight can, weight loss is usually a byproduct of that. Um, but there's usually a lot of healing that needs to occur before your body's in a place to lose weight. Yeah. I like that. Now the, the times we're in are just strange or different, uh, very stressful, I'm a stress eater. I know that about yeah. myself. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. So I guess how, how have your clients dealt with this time? I mean, it's so uncertain, right? Like we don't yeah. know what's going to happen there, especially right. at the beginning of this, it was like, yeah, what, what are we going to do? We're locked in our house. We can't go anywhere. Right. Um, and for me, it was like, what's my business going to look like? What's, mm-hmm. what's school going to look like for my kids? Yeah. My wife's still going to have a job. Like we don't know. Um, so I definitely, 
I got out of a routine with exercise, definitely fell off track with nutrition. Um, yeah. I guess what, it, what did it look like for your clients and how did you help keep them on track? So you, along with the rest of the world, I would say, <laughs> and myself included, you know, it was a real adjustment period at the beginning. Um, but I, I felt it was a great time to be a coach because it was yeah. like, okay, People are now stuck in their houses. They have 24 seven access to the kitchen and you know, they're eating things that they may not normally eat because they're just home 24 <laughs> seven. Um, and so really with my clients, I, we just treated it like, okay, this is, you know, not really changing what we're working on. It's just mm -hmm. kind of pivoting a little bit and you know maybe some people found that they do have stress eating tendencies um when they're stuck at home 24 7 and i did have some clients realizing like you know i'm eating things that i normally wouldn't eat and i don't know why and i was like well i mean you're surrounded by it seeing people <laughs> seeing other people eat it it's just like natural to be like oh okay i'm gonna go eat that so right. it was really coming back to the why and just having that them reflect on um you know why they're about to eat something and we did a lot of you know food journaling and you know i'm not a big big component big um person on tracking food and like my fitness pal or something okay. um i'm mostly so i'll do a, like a food journal and have them reflect on their reason for eating and kind of how their body's feeling before they're eating, after they're eating, and then at the end of that meal. Um, and then just doing, before you grab that bag of chips or whatever you're about to stress eat on, it's just getting yourself to like pause, like tell yourself mm -hmm. to pause and being like, okay, why am I about to go grab that? And is this something that I genuinely want to eat? Um, and that was a big, big question that I asked a lot of my clients. I was like, when they would tell me that they ate something that they, they don't normally eat, I was like, okay, well, did you genuinely want to eat that? Or were you just eating it because it was there? And that kind of like got a light bulb to go off for some people. They're like, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. And I was like, well, there we go. And more than more often than not, they were like, no, I, I really didn't like want to eat that I could care less about eating Oreos or whatever it was <laughs> yeah um, it's a, yeah it's a convenience yeah yeah yep. I uh my previous job my office was like right around the corner um from a little convenience store inside the right. hospital yep and I you know I I hate paperwork anyway so I found myself getting bored sitting at the desk and I would you know walk right around the corner and it became a habit almost like I'm yeah. not really hungry. I'm just bored and I'm going to go over there yeah. and I'm gonna get some food that I probably shouldn't eat. Right. Right. And part of it's boredom, part of it's stress and it's a, yeah. it's a vicious cycle. You get caught in it and it's hard to yep. break out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to really like realize that you're doing something until you have like some non-biased external person being like, okay, why are you doing that? And then you're kind of like, Oh, uh, I don't really know why I'm doing that. And yeah. then, working through that yeah um, the journaling the journaling makes a lot more sense to me i've never been one i've never tracked my macros or anything like that yeah um and i i can't just say definitively because i've never done it but i don't feel like it would be for me like i it's just yeah. way way too much uh 
Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I don't think I could do it, but the journaling makes sense because you get into that, like you get into the why, the psychological part, and yeah. you really start get yourself to like start thinking about why am I going, why am I grabbing that bag of chips or those right. Oreos or why am I going in here? Yeah. How's this going to make me feel? I know I'm going to yeah. feel like crap afterwards, so maybe I should go make a smoothie. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, it's really getting your yourself to think like, okay, what is it that my body really needs right now? You know, if it's like, if it's stress, for example, it's like, okay, do I really, does my body really need to eat a whole bag of chips when I'm stressed or do I need to go take a break and take a walk outside? Um, so it's really, again, going back to kind of the overall um, theme of my coaching is it's just connecting with your body and giving your body, like our bodies are always going to tell us what they need. And it's just yeah. up to us, like how we're interpreting that and how we're responding to it. Yeah. So. What's your, what's your take on like supplements and yeah, you know, that's a huge <laughs> industry and probably a... <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I definitely think there's some supplements out there that are beneficial. Um, I would say, you know, just living in the Midwest, vitamin D is something that's super important for us, just especially in the winter months. Like we don't see the sun a lot. Yeah. Um, and a lot of like Midwestern people are um, deficient in vitamin D. Um, so I definitely think that's an important one. Um, magnesium, I've prescribed to clients um, helps with sleep, can help aid digestion, um, can help people with constipation. Um, really, and outside of that, multivitamins can be good for some people. It really depends on what vitamin or supplement you're getting. You have to be really careful on brands you choose um, because a lot of them are not regulated. Um, right. So we don't really know like what exactly is in that. Like yeah, that, that was going to be another question of mine because the supplement industry itself is just so huge. Yeah. It's like, how do you know what you're actually getting in yeah. here? And some of these right. companies have massive marketing budgets and they can push it out. Yeah. Make it look like they're great. Yeah. Yeah. But, but how yeah. do you know? How do you know? Yeah. And so a lot on for vitamins and supplements, I always tell people look and make sure that it's USP certified um, because that is a marker for um, supplement vitamins and supplements that say like, okay, this has been tested and it's confirmed that what's in that vitamin, you're getting the amounts that it okay. says on the bottle. Um, outside of that, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, you don't know exactly what you're getting. And I don't think people need to be, this is kind of personal opinion. I don't think people need to be walking around filling their bodies with different kinds of supplements. Um, certainly protein supplements are great if people are trying to, you know, meet a protein goal or, you know, if you have, um, I work with patients who have had bariatric surgery. Um, so in my, I also have a part-time job. I forgot to mention that, <laughs> um, in a weight loss clinic and those patients need to take a protein supplement and need to take vitamins because of their, their status after surgery. However, your, you know, normal day-to-day -day person, um, I was like, let's start eating real food first before we start taking hundreds of different supplements. Nice. Yeah. Um, and then if there's a deficiency, supplementing in those cases too. Sure, sure. One question I've gotten recently from a couple of patients, um, and I kind of give them a generic answer, but yeah. collagen versus uh, like a protein 
yeah. like a whey protein or something like that. What's your thoughts on? Yeah. So <laughs> collagen is great. Um, and it's just a different type of protein when it's compared to whey. So there's like a protein score that proteins get and whey, and it's basically like how, um, much protein you're getting from that powder or that supplement. So whey mm -hmm. is going to be the highest on that scale. Um, it's going to have the highest score. Um, and it's basically saying like, that's a pure, pure protein. You're getting like a hundred percent of that. Your body's using a hundred percent of that protein for, you know, the uses of protein in our body versus collagen is going to be a little bit lower on that scale just because our body uses it a little bit differently. Um, and we're not getting like a hundred percent of that protein from that supplement for uses in the body. Okay. Um, but I mean, for like bone health, joint health, skin, nails, like I found collagen to be great. Um, I actually put like unflavored collagen peptides in my coffee every morning. Um, and I've noticed like, I feel like my, just like not necessarily for like meeting a protein goal, it's just mostly for like the health benefits of it. And I've noticed like my nails are stronger. Um, there's some research on like gut health with collagen. Um, just because our gut is, um, made like mostly lined with like the cartilage that, um, the collagen helps build up. So there's been research that shows that that helps with healing, you know, any type of gut, gut issues like IBS or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, think it's a good, again, it just goes back to where are you getting it and what kind, you know, how reputable is the company? Um, sure. but yeah, I think it's, it's great. Yeah. Let's go back to, uh, gut health a little yeah. bit because that yeah. seems to be, uh, very popular topic nowadays yeah uh, and for good reason i think there's a lot of different research that's coming out that shows how important it really is yeah uh, so things that come up uh occasionally with my clients are like probiotics should i be taking that yeah. or certain foods for gut health so why don't we talk about that a little bit and yeah yeah definitely um gut health is very very important um have you heard of like your gut referred to your, your second brain? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Um, and it's so true. Like most majority of our immune system is in our gut. And so if our gut's not healthy, then, you know, a lot of times we're going to be feeling like crap and I'm seeing more and more clients who have symptoms of IBS and they're like, I've been to the gastroenterologist and they like nothing's wrong with me. And I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, what's have they told you about irritable bowel syndrome they're like yeah but i mean they're not really they have so many gastroenterologists have so many like bigger things to deal with than treating ibs so they're not really helping right. that um population because ibs is completely manageable with diet but they're gastroenterologists like you're not, you're not gonna spend time talking about diet with patients when they have, you know, other right. patients to deal with, um, right. with more serious issues. Not saying that IBS isn't serious, but, um, no, I, I know what you mean. I mean, we get the same thing with like, from like an orthopedic surgeon standpoint and physical therapy, like there's, you know, a, a sprain, they're not going to care right. as much, you know, like they can't right. operate, they can't operate on that. So mm -hmm. what do they care? They, you know, they're going to send to physical therapy, but that's, that's perfect though. Cause that's where people like you come in. 
Yeah, exactly. You can deal with IBS and really yep. coach those people and tell them, hey, here's the diet that I think you yeah. should work on. Yeah. And kind of get them going down that track. Whereas, like the yeah. GI doc, really, they don't have time to. Or, right. No, I don't. Maybe I'm speaking out of line. I, I'm guessing they probably don't have the training either as in depth. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I I don't really know what kind of training they have, but just from like a personal standpoint, I have a family history of GI issues, IBS mm -hmm. issues. Um and I've been through my fair share of seeing gastroenterologists. Um all of which were not really helpful. <laughs> and diet was never once brought up in any of my visits and I'm thankful that I have the background that I have because I was like okay there's more ways to manage this rather than being prescribed a medicine yeah um medicine didn't really help me um so I I kind of healed my gut issues on my own so I'm thankful for that and you know combination with my education that I kind of knew what I was doing in that realm <laughs> um but you know, at least the gastroenterologists I've seen, they were just about treating the symptoms. You know, my, my side, my family side, we have like constipation issues. So they were like, okay, well, here's, here's a medication you can take rather than, yeah. you know, like, okay, let's see, you know, where diet can come into play. So, yeah. Um, I think that's really common just in the allopathic system, like yeah. in our Western medicine society, like like you said, they treat the symptoms often yeah, and they don't really fix the root cause, right? Uh, which is obviously problematic, but yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer too. Like if we can get rid of things with diet exercise and without medication and really solve that root problem yeah. without any of that, like let's do that first. Right. But right. I, I mean, in my experience, just with some of the physicians I've worked with and it's just a, they don't have that nutrition component to their yeah. training unless they seek that out extra. And like you said, they've got so many other things to worry about that that yeah. kind of falls down the ladder. Right. So it's and it's I don't know that I can't say that I really blame them. Um, like we talked about earlier, they're just stuck in a system where yeah. you've got a ton of patients to see, and so it gets really hard exactly. to to do that in such yeah. a short amount of time. So yeah, exactly. The only thing I wish is I wish there were just more referrals out to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, okay, I can't, I can't treat this patient to the best of my ability. So why don't you go see someone who can? Like I have, um, a client who she's, she's an older lady. She's in her seventies and she's been struggling with IBS forever and like going back and forth to the GI doctor and they're just like, take fiber supplements, take fiber supplements. And she's like, the fiber supplements are not working. <laughs> and nobody's ever really talked to her about diet. She's just done research on her own to kind of find another, you know, yeah. route that she can take. Um, so yes, but uh, gut health is very important very important. How do you, I don't know how I want to ask this. So I guess in my experience, at least the patients that I see yeah. when I, so I try and talk about four different things, movement, uh, sleep, stress, and nutrition. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm like a dietitian or anything like that, but yeah. at least hit on yeah. it. Um, Cause those right. four pillars of health is Absolutely. what we call them. So it's hard from my standpoint, like bringing up the nutrition. It, it seems like a lot of people, 
either think they understand it or don't think it's an issue at all. Yeah. And so it's trying to show them like, Hey, this is really important and we need to get, you know, I'm, I've got people we can refer to if we need that, but like trying to get them trying to be proactive about, about it, I guess, instead of like reactive and yeah. waiting for something to happen. So like, I guess from your experience, like how do you, how do you try and educate people on that? How do you try and show them that they need to be proactive? Yeah, that's hard. Um, you know, a lot of times clients come to me wanting help because there was some sort of event that triggered something that they were like, okay, you know, I need to, you know, fix this now. Um, and then other times, you know, people are like, okay, you know, I just, I need to get healthy. They know their diet isn't great. Um, which I feel like it's just common knowledge. Like we know processed foods are not good for our body. Like we know going to the gas station, getting a a hot dog and a bag of chips is not the best choice. (laughs) So it's roller Um, dogs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then again, you know, it's really hard because some people are, um, just kind of stuck in limited and you know what, like I, nutrition coaching is a, is a commodity. Like it's, it's, uh, it's basically a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A luxury. And it's not something everyone can afford to do. It's not something everybody wants to do. Whereas, you know, when you get to the point where you're reactive, it's like, okay, you don't have a choice. Right. So it's, it really has to come from the client and their why has to be great enough. And I'm talking with prospects or leads on a discovery call. You know, it's my job to kind of dig into that why to show them like, okay, your, your, your want to change your relationship with food or to reach whatever goal you're reaching is a lot deeper than, you know, just what you, what you came to me thinking you were wanting. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, oh, wow. You know, I didn't even realize that those things all, all come into play. Like, for example, um, you know, somebody wanting to lose 20 pounds, I'm like, okay, well, why? And then, you know, sometimes we eventually get down to the point, like, well, so I can play with my kids down, you know, five, 10 years down the road. Um, and getting them to see like, okay, if you're on the, on the route where you are now, and if you don't make any changes, then five, 10 years down the road, you know, you're going to be worse off than you are right now. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of helping them see the image of the future, I would say. Sure. Um, and kind of trying to paint that picture for them and see like, okay, nutrition is just as important as what you're, you're doing with your body, your exercise, um, and everything else. So I think it's hard too, just here in the Midwest, like we tend to be like the meat and potato type of people. Yes. Yeah. I know that's, yeah, that's like how I grew up. Right. Like, and a lot Mm -hmm. of people too. And so it's kind of breaking away from those like traditional molds of society and, and kind of breaking out from that. But yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's not that the meat and potatoes is bad. It's just that, okay, how can we balance our plate a little better? So we're right. getting other, other nutrition parts sure. of nutrition in there, like our veggie, right. you know, meat and potatoes, like they're grapefruits better than eating like McDonald's every day, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely. It's, it's a lot of starch in the Midwestern diet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what would you say are qualities that make a successful client? Yeah, definitely. So, um, a successful client, um, for me, for my program, um, they're going to be dedicated and understand that I, I set the, set the stage from the beginning that your nutrition, your, any health journey you're on, you know, even starting physical therapy, like it's going to be tough. It's not mm. going to be a straight line to success. And if it is, then, you know, it's probably something that's not sustainable. Um, Right. So I set the stage like, Hey, this is going to be hard. I'm going to push you out of your comfort zone. Um, because that's how you're going to grow and that's how you're going to learn new things. So, um, I look for people who are dedicated, ready to take action on their health, willing to make an investment in themselves mm -hmm. and willing to show up for themselves and kind of taking that personal responsibility to, um, invest in their health and then put in the work that we talk about on our coaching calls. Um, I always tell my clients, I'm going to be your leader, but I'm not going to be your savior. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I will lead you to the water, but I can't make you drink. So yep. it's really, I, I set my clients up for success. You know, I'm going to give them, you know, 110%, but I need to know that they're going to give me a hundred percent and putting into action what we talk about on our coaching calls. And, yeah. um, and I'll call them out if they're not, you know, if they're <laughs> not putting, you know, a hundred percent effort to their goals. Every check-in I ask them, I'm like, okay, you know, did you put a hundred percent effort towards your goals this week? And you know, I don't require that every week you're putting a hundred, hundred percent towards yeah. your goals, but I do require that you, they're making at least some type of small improvement every week. And even if it was a smaller improvement than the week before, did you do something that got you a little bit closer to your goals this week? Like that's all I care about. Yeah. Um, I don't care that, you know, they're losing X amount of weight every single week. I just care that they're doing something to get better every week um, because that's really what's going to make them successful in the long run. Um, I don't do a lot of handholding with my clients um, because that's, I, it's not really teaching them anything. Um, I do a lot of education and then I, you know, I say, okay, after every coaching call, I'm like, all right, what are you going to go do right now? And, you know, take action on what we just talked about because mm -hmm you know, it's fresh in their head. They're good to go. It's like, okay, let's get this momentum going now and kind of keep that momentum up. So really just trying to build them up as much as I can during those calls every week to just set them up to keep pushing forward. Um, and then another um, quality of a successful client is just coming to me or my, my group, my team of clients when they need help, when they're struggling with something. Um, I set up a community for my clients mm -hmm. and um, via uh, instant messenger, it's called Slack. Okay. Um, but we can just have conversations ever, you know, whenever anything comes up, share recipes, share ideas. So, um, the only requirement I tell them is I need you to come to me or go to that group when you need help, mm -hmm. um, instead of suffering alone. And, you know, cause that's just, we, that's never going to get you any closer to where you want to be. Um, but let's work through those things. Let's work through those challenges, those struggles. And, you know, if you're, if they're in a place where they're able to share that with the group, instead of, you know, just me, 
you're going to get a lot more feedback having, you know, 10 sets of eyes and 10 brains on it as yeah. opposed to just my one set of eyes and my one brain. So yeah. um, I really create a community and a safe space for people to come to um, when they feel like they're struggling with something. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Yeah, that community, just having a community of people with similar uh, interests and goals, I'm sure is yeah. just extremely helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we actually, tomorrow night, we have our first um, team call that we're going to do. We okay. Nice. Super excited for that. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. That, that's something new. I've just started implementing um, like a, a team call once a month. And, you know, I'll do a training on some, some type of topic and then we'll basically just go around and just so everyone can kind of see each other as opposed to just kind of messaging yeah. back and all the time so sure yeah having a face to put with that name yeah 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 now you said you work mostly virtually are you working with people like all over the place is it just in the Dwayne metro like how um so i'm working on kind of growing my reach like out further um so it's not not necessarily just in des moines iowa area however those are where most of my clients have come from now just because most of my following are people in the Midwest region. Um, but I definitely, you know, don't limit myself to, you know, where I'm gonna, you know, expand to. Sure. Yeah. And we talked about how this is kind of a, like just having a dietitian, nutrition coach is kind of a luxury. Um, does, if someone wants to work with you, do they need a referral? Um, no, they just reach right out to you. Yeah. 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 Um, I have an application that people can fill out. Um, and you know, it's definitely not referral based. So. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. And then where's nutrition or sorry, where's insurance play in with the, having a nutrition coach and dietitian? Is that a good question? (laughs) Uh, insurance does not play into having me as a dietitian. Um, and I know that we've, on another kind of time we've talked, we've talked a lot about the insurance topic. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> insurance reimbursement for dietitians is really crappy. Um, the weight loss clinic that I work occasionally in, um, we don't even get billed for our services for seeing patients. Hmm. Um, nutrition services are billed under the doctor or the PA. And we're just kind of there to provide our counseling services. So, um, on that note, dietitian or nutrition coaching via me, since that's not, you know, clinical based, um, in a clinical setting, there's like next to no reimbursement for it. So I don't bill through insurance. However, I do, I can take HSA cards or health saving account, um, payment. So I've, I've had a couple clients who use that to pay for their coaching. Um, but it is it's kind of unfortunate, but, um, there's a lot of, I have a lot of opinions about the insurance world, (laughs) (laughs) what they will reimburse for. Um, I wish preventative services were covered better under them, but, uh, fortunately that's, you no. think if they really wanted to save some money, that would be included. Uh, right. But. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah. could talk about that one all day too. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Long story short, I don't accept insurance, but I do take HSA cards or the FSA cards. So. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I won't keep you much longer. If people want to get a hold of you and want to find out more, how can they do that? Um, so Instagram is great for me. I do a lot of, you know, posting, um, conversation starters on Instagram. So my handle is at Mac underscore Woolwich underscore. Um, and on there I have a link tree so they can go and, um, join my free Facebook community, which is another, another great avenue I have um fill out my application i have a weekly email that they can sign up for so instagram is kind of like a, a hub for me of where i do most yeah. of my my uh communicating my connection okay awesome yeah well we'll put yeah. that in the show notes as well so awesome. all right Mackenzie, i appreciate it thank you so much yeah thanks for having me this is great thanks so much for listening to the podcast today if you want to learn more about today's guests or about Kaizen Health and Wellness and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free for life, head over to kaizenhealthandwellness.com to learn more.